Welcome to the Kenny Rins Podcast, Volume 7, Issue 337. And this one is all about Def Jam Fight for New York, what led up to it and what came after it. So if you want to, as Simon Slot from our forum has so eloquently expressed, bring some structure in how you tackle your backlog, you can actually play along with the show. First up are three very harrowing games, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, then it's Far Cry 2, uh, and then it's Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. Followed by a slightly less harrowing Resident Evil 5, and then it's Final Fantasy 6 after that. You can find the full schedule of the podcast alongside written features and articles on canerins.com, as well as our smart, insightful, and very welcoming forum community. You can also subscribe to our Patreon to get the show unabridged and a week earlier than non-subscribers for just uh, a dollar, uh, which is just 78 pence in British currency and not even a euro in uh, European mainland currency per month, that is. So you can do that at patreon.com slash And this will also get you exclusive access to Leon and Jay's monthly minicast. And you'll also be able to enjoy our new console special podcast two full months before anyone else will. If you don't do Patreon, you can tip us on PayPal instead. You can also listen to our weekly Sound of Play podcast, our sister podcast uh, that's alternatively presented each week by Ryan and Leon. Ben has also been on that, uh, who is also on this show. And it's basically um, a lot of fantastic video game music interspersed with some dialogue, some some uh, talking about the, the tracks and the games, games that they appeared in. Subscribe, review, and rate our shows wherever you listen to them. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So my name is Michiel Kroder, and in this issue number 337, I'm joined by Tony Atkins. Hello. Carl Moon. Hey, guys. And one credit classics, Ben Cartledge, once again. The original black belt in Henry Rollins Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Fantastic. So your expertise will definitely come in handy once again. <laughs> Def Jam Fight for New York. It's, I think it's sort of uh, fitting if we kind of go back a little bit because there's a little bit of lineage to this game, even though not everybody might be aware of that. The developers of this game are uh, Aki Corporation of Japan and Electronic Arts Canada, and it's been pu- it was published by Electronic Arts. Yeah, the, the game is kind of built on the Aki wrestling engine, which was used for some very popular uh, wrestling games, some really popular party multiplayer games on the N64. All right, then. So before we uh, go into Def Jam Fight for New York, there was also Def Jam Vendetta, predecessor. And the story behind this game goes, and it's a little bit iffy because I couldn't uh, verify this from official sources, is that yeah, that Electronic Arts hired uh, Aki Corp uh, to massively improve on WCW Backstage Assault, which is their uh, previous wrestling game that uh, EA published, uh, but that they lost the license because Vince McMahon of WWF bought uh, WCW in 2001. Yeah, the idea to use rappers from the Def Jam label and to uh, sign a deal with uh, with Def Jam was kind of a sort of a, a... 
yeah, a desperation move almost uh, to save the work that was already done in the game. If this is indeed true, then it really paid off because uh, Vendetta sold enough to warrant a sequel at least. Yeah, so it makes sense this uh, the story, but uh, to yeah, especially you know it's it might seem a little bit bewildering at first to create a wrestling game with a bunch of rappers in it. But I, I mean, I think that's probably the basis of its lineage is a, is a really strong base to build from. Um, if if you were to say to me, somebody now, you know, come up with a, a rapper's fighting game, you may be able to get a fighting developer to jump on board or it would be, you know, you know some third party house. But I think mm. the fact that they had created a fighting game and then needed to kind of put a skin over the top of it, it felt like a fighting game first with rappers in it rather than, oh, it's a rapper's fighting game or it's a rapper's game with some bad fighting in it. Because that, I mean, there's been yeah. plenty of terrible license game because you know it's yeah. about the license and not the game. So yeah, there was that that Wu Tang Wu Tang game as well on the PS One. Yeah, uh, that was uh, fairly terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I think its foundations then come from a really strong place rather than just the the license itself. Yeah, which brings us to Def Jam Fight for New York. So it was actually called Def Jam Vendetta 2 in a pre-release promotion. So hence, still the the V2 logo uh, being in the game also as a loading icon. I'll let uh, Electronic Arts Canada producer Josh Holmes speak a little bit about uh, this sort of direction that they took for the sequel in a pre-release 2004 interview with GameSpy. Um, And Josh Holmes said, I find myself struggling with this question. What is wrestling? First thing that always comes to mind when I think of wrestling is large sweaty men in costume throwing blows that don't connect. So right off the bat, that's not our game. We approach the gameplay in terms of what fit the world, the characters and the story we were creating. Overall, wrestling didn't fit, but there are some gameplay elements from wrestling games that were incorporated into the fighting system because they made sense and added to the game. So published by Electronic Arts, uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, we got uh, executive producers Stefan Barcia, Stanley Chow from Electronic Arts uh, Canada, Shuji Yoshida from AkiCorp, who uh, also has uh, the more recent style-savvy fashion forward, also known as New Style Boutique 2 for the 3DS on his resume. AkiCorp actually changed uh, its name to Sin Sophia and doesn't do anything with wrestling games anymore. And Kevin Lyles uh, of Def Jam Records, a high-ranking Def Jam exec, probably the CEO at that time of the company. Uh, And you see this throughout the credits of the whole game. It's really a uh, three-company effort, this whole whole project. So producers were Josh Holmes, who I quoted before, Hideyuki uh, Iwashita from Aki, and Lauren Wurzer, the vice president of marketing for Def Jam Records at the time. And she also plays... uh, a very small role in the game. She voiced the uh, sketch artist called Lauren, who also is unlockable as a character later on. Uh, production te- team at uh, EA Canada uh, was Yastaka Askura, uh, who also uh, quite recently did uh, coordinate more recently did coordination and executive production work on Bloodborne, Gravity Rush 2, and Shadow of the, the Shadow of the Colossus remake. William King who uh, directed Star Wars Battlefront 2015 and Mass Effect Andromeda, two really high-regarded and well-loved titles, right? <laughs> Jason Owen, who did uh, most recently sound credits on Dead Rising 3, and Devin Blanchett, who was the lead-level designer on Metroid Prime Federation Force, another really widely loved uh, and celebrated title. Uh, production team at AkiCorp were Takeshi Eriguchi and Yuma Nagahama. The first one doesn't have much else uh, credits on his name, uh, but the second one was the director of SimCity Creator. I don't know if every, anyone is, here is uh, familiar with that game. I'm certainly not. 
So the voice acting, here's where it gets really interesting. We got a whole bunch of uh, rappers from the Def Jam stable uh, doing very enthusiastic voice work, uh, but also uh, other rappers, Snoop Dogg, for example, the main antagonist in the game, and we'll get to that later. Uh, it wasn't even a Def Jam rapper. Uh, other non-Def Jam rappers were WC and Sticky Fingers, and there was some other ones as well. And then there's a whole bunch of other <laughs> seemingly random celebrities who uh, <laughs> joined the phrase. So we got Carmen Electra, Kimora Lee at that time called uh, Simmons. She was still um, Def Jam record labor, uh, label founder, Russell Simmons' wife. It's quite funny that you get to pick her as a girlfriend uh, in this game in that light. Uh, we also got uh, Henry Rollins, frontman of Black Flag and spoken word enthusiast uh, as your trainer in the gym in the story mode. Uh, Crazy Lex, legendary uh, 1980s uh, founding breakdancer of the Rocksteady crew. Jacob the Jeweler, who sort of supplied uh, at least three-fourths of, of the hip-hop industry's <laughs> jewels uh, at that point in time, at least. Uh, actor Denis Trejo, uh, you know, famous from Con Air. Machete, of course, in which he played the main, ro main role. And he also played in Breaking Bad, of course. Mm -hmm. Actor Omar Epps is also in it. Most notable for his roles in uh, Higher Learning, Dracula 2000, and the series House MD. And Christopher Judge, uh, from uh, who played the character uh, Tilk in the long-running sci-fi series Stargate, but also voiced Kratos in uh, this year's uh, God of War reboot. So the game was released on GameCube, PlayStation 2, and original Xbox uh, in North America, on uh, September 20, uh, 2004. PAL region, uh, he got, uh, it, the game got exactly the same uh, release date, uh, but in Japan, uh, it was released on the PlayStation 2 only in February 24, in 2005. Reviews were uh, largely positive on the game. So the GameCube, on game rankings, the GameCube release had an average rating of 84%. PS2 version 83 and the original Xbox version as well, uh, uh, 83. Um, the only award the game ever got was at the 2005 MTV Video Music Awards for Best Video Game Soundtrack. And current user scores on IMDb for uh, the game overall on all platforms are a 7.3 out of 10. On GameFAQs, game FAQs, the PS2 version has a 4.01 out of 5, the GameCube version a 3.86 out of 5, uh, and the Xbox version a 4.04 out of 5, uh, which I think fairly reflects the quality differences between each version. Uh, Moby Games has a very different uh, turnout between uh, each version. So the PS2 version gets a 3.7 there, the GameCube version gets a 3.8, and the Xbox version got a 3.1 uh, out of 5. So that's kind of uh, bizarro land uh, to me. <laughs> Sales, of course, the yeah, <laughs> sales, the PS2 version has uh, sold 1.76 million worldwide, according to VZ, VG Charge, which we also ha always have to take with a, a big grain of salt. Uh, the Xbox version uh, sold 0.54 million, and the GameCube version sold 0.22 million worldwide. Um, at least it seems to make sense uh, if you would, you know, just for comparison's sakes, looking at, at the the install base for each system exactly. So now our histories with Def Jam Fight for New York, the uh, the meat of this discussion. Um, ben, what's uh, what's your history? 
originally, like, um, I remember playing the, because obviously, you know, like, uh, a big mixed martial arts fan I've been for as long mm-hmm. as I can remember. Uh, and I remember playing the UFC game on the Dreamcast that came out around about 99, 2000. And I kind of, I really enjoyed it. It was a load of fun. I used to play it loads. Uh, but there was something about, the, I just wanted the creator fighter mode to be something that it wasn't. Mm. You just you could only pick kind of one style, and like a lot of the time, the best styles was based on people who you could already control anyway. Yeah, it wasn't there wasn't very many new kind of template styles, and the game played well. But I don't know, there was, and I really did enjoy it. But I always felt there was something more you kind of could have done with that. Years later, a good friend of mine, um, who I, I still hang out with now, um, he'd randomly pick up. The, we both had Xboxes at the time. He'd randomly pick up games, and and I would as well. And uh, I went around his house one evening, and he said, "Oh, but I bought this the other day. I, like I, it was on sale. I didn't." And I, I, it, it, it had been out for quite a while because it had already been obviously quite a bit discounted. And I was like, "What's the deal?" And he said, "Oh, it looks like some. I read about it. It looks like some pro wrestling game with little mm. rappers in." And I remember thinking to myself, like. <laughs> that sounds yep. strange but i was like that was the kind of stuff we did i thought like yeah this would probably be a good laugh if nothing else and instantly i noticed like with the just the customization options that you got and and i remember saying to him at the time that it played like the wrestling games you played on the n64 and within the first kind of couple of sessions i was really kind of enamored mm. with it and i remember thinking to myself like specifically the kind of customability kind of options that you get with with a lot of the ea kind of franchises especially at that time kind of set this apart in a lot of respects and i remember just pouring i remember what really impressed me about it and what what I poured into it was like obviously like the, the whole thing with with me and, and and fighting games um like as the technology got better if i wanted to play one that was more realistic that didn't have people flying around and, and find fireballs <laughs> with each other like i wanted I wanted to be able to kind of get that sense of of kind of uh, changing the, the the weapons that you add in a in a, in a semi realistic kind of fight based on kind of martial arts disciplines and kind of skills and mm. stuff like that. I just never expected. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just never expected to be able to knee bar Sean Paul. I mean, in real life, <laughs> I would have he's rubbish. But I mean, I just never thought I'd find I'd find a game that would let me that yeah. let me hit both intricate and over the top pro wrestling style submission moves on a variety of uh, a variety of hip hop stars and so it went from there really it became like a real regular we played loads um a load of multiplayer stuff uh, a famous incident hammered where uh, we both passed out laughing because uh, my mate hit slick rick with a shovel and he's got an eye patch and we argued about whether that'd be out of line because he's legally blind <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> that that incident still gets talked about like i messaged him today and said i was doing this podcast and he went make sure you mention slick rick and the shovel well, so you yeah ju- you just did um, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah i did yeah 14 years on the mythology of that poor man catching a shovel still still yeah. lives on it just became one of those things that I can never think of a game of, of it that I had where I didn't have fun and I didn't laugh out loud at least once. And I think like, I don't know, there really probably isn't a lot of games that I can really say that about in yeah. that respect. Nice. Tony, what's uh, what's your history? So I'm, I'm in a really weird place with this game. So I thought this was the one I played, but it turned out to be Vendetta was the one I played. So um, there's me signing up for uh, the show, uh, thinking I played a game that I hadn't actually played, and then having to rediscover this game you know, 14 years beyond its uh, original release. Mm. Not necessarily a bad thing. Um, we'll talk more about that later, but it's... Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm completely fresh and new to it. I mean, obviously... 
I know of the brand and I know of the title. Um, more importantly, obviously, I, I think you know I understand the style of where that game was heading back then. So if you know, if you kind of count it in amongst the kind of the EA big kind of sports line range that they yeah. were doing at the time, it has all the hallmarks of that. And you know some of my favourite games um, from that you know series, well from that range of. Uh, big franchise you know i absolutely adored fifa street um because it was just kind of fun and daft and you know didn't take itself seriously and you know obviously ssx was absolute for me it's absolute in its prime in those early days of the big range i was a big fan of uh nba street volume two as well yeah just daft you know just just didn't take itself seriously and you know we'll, we'll get back to that but it's um so it has all the hallmarks of the stuff i loved from the those releases or ea's releases at the time so although trepidatious going into it, once I've realised that you know this was going to be a new game for me, uh, and I you know I put my hands up in the air, I'm not the biggest fighting game fan. So it was a combination of a, okay, right, this is a genre I don't tend to usually mix with, and this is a style of music that I don't tend to normally mix with. <laughs> but here I am. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, hopefully at least you know I can give a perspective from somebody that isn't necessarily into either of the things that this game you know puts down on, on its front cover but you know that's not to say that there wasn't some surprises to be had here yeah i think that's uh, that's very a val- very valuable perspective actually mm. carl how about you so yeah i was there um playing it with my friend and like like tony the ea big was a a big factor on why my friend rented it uh, the nba street the fifa street series um ssx all these kinds of things. He was like, well, I'll take a punt on this one. You know, it's got to be pretty fun punching rappers. I was like, yeah, you know, I agree. <laughs> and funnily enough, a lot like everyone else, it stemmed around punching Sean Paul. So I don't really know <laughs> what he's done wrong, but I think everyone gets at least a little bit of satisfaction out of punching him. I, th- I think it's, uh, he was everywhere. Uh, he was on every song at that time. So mm. it's incredibly cathartic to be able to just, you know, grab him and, and crack his head against a concrete wall. You know, as I said, he originally rented the first one, but he rented Vendetta very close to this one coming out. So he ended up sending it back and getting the new one. I stayed over on the night. We had a few fights against each other. I had a laugh, decided to learn the system, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about is not the most complicated system. And then we just attacked the story, sort of taking turns and having a, a surprising amount of fun, I think. You know, handing the controller back and forth and getting a lot more out of the story mode than than most people would expect, uh, especially mm. those that you know maybe didn't touch the uh, WCW and WWE games that had come previously from Aki. Yeah, as for my own history, I've I mean, this was kind of a day one purchase for me on the GameCube, which was it's not the best version by the way, but we'll also talk about that later. It's funny because a lot of my childhood friends and I, you know my just little my little group of uh, graffiti writers and some some of them were DJs and we a lot of them kind of like video games, but they're not as heavy or as deep into them as I am. But this game was, uh, yeah, became very popular among my circle of friends. And we just spent so much time, like like you guys, uh, Carl and Ben, just, you know, creating new characters and, uh, and running them through the story mode. That story mode got way more play than it perhaps should have, you know, and just for the fact that you get to create new fighting styles and, uh, and completely new characters every every time around uh we also had a ton of multiplayer matches the uh the, the subway stage was a favorite just trying to shove each other before the oncoming uh, subway train <laughs> and just yeah just had we got so much mileage out of this game it's unreal and you know to a lot of my friends we still 
repeat quotes and we still sort of uh hum hum all those returning songs to each other and it's it's yeah it, it had been a mainstay for uh, for a long time and the the, the 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 memories are still warm and fuzzy about it so i was really excited to to return to this game also because i sort of traded it in for the xbox version much later when i got an xbox uh, but i never actually went through the uh through the story mode uh, on the xbox, uh, xbox version all the way which is what i did this time for the show i would like to talk a little bit about the scenario and setting and we've said quite a bit already uh, about it uh simon sloth from the forum says i played this earlier in the year when the show list was announced my history with the game spans a decade starting with the ps2 game which was a bargain bid purchase a few few years after its release whilst looking for a brawler in between yuke's wrestling games more recently i obtained a copy of the psp version to play for the show for me there are so many comparisons to be made between wwe games of the same time period if I'm being reductive, then one could change the music to rock or metal, and the appearances of the characters, and it could easily pass for a wrestling game. This is probably unfair, but at the time this was exactly what I wanted. The important difference for me was that I had no affection for the Def Jam label or its music, and I always felt the factors were irritating caricatures who made me cringe with every line of dialogue. Despite these factors, I am very fond of the game. There's a wealth of customization options and different modes to try, but feasibly the game has almost infinite replay value. At the time the actual fighting mechanics were incredibly solid and fights became quite exciting. Um, I wanted to home in a little bit of what uh, Simon Sloth was saying. By the way, Simon, Simon Sloth has made a gargantuan effort to play along with just about everything uh, that <laughs> we're covering this year that shouldn't have to go uh, unnoticed. What Simon has alluded to, the uh, rappers and hip-hop theme, we, you, you guys spoke your piece already about it uh, a little bit, uh, so I just want to home in on that a little bit. It's interesting to me, to me, and I don't want to throw Simon under the bus here, but I feel like the, the, the rappers in this game are no less a caricature than uh, professional wrestlers are. In, uh, in some sense, you know. So they were probably asked by uh, Electronic Arts to put down larger than life, you know, exaggerated performances, which is what they did with the background and their own personal flavor and style. It was a very marketable thing to do, and EA probably played into that uh, quite a bit. Sometimes, like what Simon is alluding to, I say that's funny, actually, because to me, and God, I do not want to upset the entirety of the hip hop community right here. But to me, rappers are kind of a caricature in themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, there's if this game was actually just a straight laced um, 3D brawler, yeah. you could s- supplant pretty much anybody in this game and put them into a fighting game and you know fighting stars and whatnot and but even looks would kind of work but if they were to to kind of come out with their their one line dialogue it would be cringeworthy it'd be oh you well mm, I, oh, I don't know but actually because they're rappers and they're already kind of a caricature of themselves and you can imagine that you know, you know, a part part of rap battles, etc., or even within the theme of music, is those kind of taunts, and it's it's kind of done mm-hmm. in a kind of playful, kind of joyful, and also angry way. That yeah, it kind of it gets away with it, and I mean that that, and we'll talk more about kind of the overall story. But there's times here where I feel I felt like if this was in any supplant in any other kind of part of game design or you know storytelling this would for me i'd probably turn it off because it's kind of terrible (laughs) but because of this kind of rapper literally a rapper around the design 
it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's from somebody that actually is looking at it from kind of the outside in rather than the inside out. Yeah, yeah. So for you, it's actually a little bit the other way around. It's the 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 uh, rap image uh, is is almost sort of yeah carry, carries the thing all yeah, the way. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe uh, it helps through. that I'm not so embedded in the community because actually you'd say well actually he doesn't speak like that or he is overplaying it because you know you know yeah. whoever Jean Paul wouldn't do that. So so for me it's like okay well this is kind of what I see as the the industry kind of from you know from the outside and that and that's probably you know an unfair character of it itself but yeah. you know i think if you're going to make a game and you're going to base it around rap culture then i could see if you're at least kind of aiming it as a broad paintbrush yeah. for every everybody and not making it as an aficionado i could say that i think it's to a point reflective of uh, rap rap culture in a very uh indeed exaggerated way but it's reflective of just an aspect of uh, of rap culture, and there's there's much more <laughs> to it than what you <laughs> see course, in that yeah. <laughs> damn fight for New York. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, what I'm was trying to get at, it seems like stereotypical or not, there is a bit of a cultural element to the way you know these guys carry themselves and mm-hmm. the way, let's say they they speak. And I think for maybe a lot of non-initiated. That might be harder to stomach than big hairy guys in spandex who are uh, playing exaggerated roles. Well, I, I think we got other wrestling fans on the show here, so <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how about uh, how about you, Ben and Carl? How do you feel about this particular aspect of the game? Is it like the engine and, and and everything that you you put into like the experience of playing the game? That is it so enmeshed with this product that you couldn't transpose it onto somebody else? Like like the kind of the the other person said there on on the forums and like if you look at a lot of the backgrounds and a lot of the a lot of the set like you say that urban feel there's like a real kind of like darkness and seriousness Mm -hmm. to it and a lot of the stuff that's covered obviously obviously in like the the progression through the story mode is kind of quite dark and serious and quite kind of you know what i mean harrowing and wrestling then if you're talking like 2000 and you're just coming out of the attitude era like into a more kind of pg thing was was getting back on the rails of being family-based mm-hmm. entertainment again yeah it had, it had gone from extremely family-based in the in the the mid-90s to the wwf where you had like dentists and witch doctors and nonsense like that <laughs> to like a high school frat boy like crotch jokes and then back now the other way completely and wrestling was in the upswing like you say like a, the, the 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 buyout had happened and and then and wwe were trying to kind of change everything and like a, a wrestling game that came out with 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 a, a story mode like this and a campaign mode like this and a, a, a more serious tone to it would have felt completely mm-hmm. kind of out of place for me, uh, especially with, like you say, with what was, with what was kind of going on at the time. And it says a lot that like somebody who, um, like I say, not, not traditionally probably more into like the kind of rock and metal really, but listen to most mm-hmm. things like without a uh, breadth or, or kind of uh, volume and knowledge really in kind of hip hop overall was kind of sucked into it straight away. It made me want to kind of learn more than I already knew about that kind of culture, which kind of yeah. says a lot, really, because there's not too many, especially not games like that. Do you know what I mean? That get you so interested in a subject, you think, all right, I need to find out more about this. I can see a, a random person picking up Def Jam where I don't see, you know, if you're not into wrestling, I think you kind of know you're not into wrestling. Like you, you don't go and pick up the latest WWE title because, you know, it's wrestling. With this, it's it's kind of, it's the yeah. smoke and mirrors, isn't it? It's like, well, I'm not really into wrestling, but I love, you know, I love the, yeah. uh, the culture of, of hip hop. Oh, well, look, there's a game here. And actually, you know, it 
it's a way to kind of then ingratiate people into wrestling because it, it this does actually feel like a wrestling game. So it, yeah, it's kind of a, a smoke and mirrors tricks for for people that may have actually really enjoyed wrestling games but were turned off by the wrestling culture, which is a weird thing. But you know, it, once again, if you I'm not particularly into any of the, these cultures, but you know, I I was more interested in the hip hop culture than I would be the wrestling culture, and I obviously would have been more interested in this game than I than I would have been in a wrestling game. So. And that, that for me, like you talk about that, that kind of gritty feel to it is like I said at the start, it makes it feel more like fighting rather than wrestling. And that's kind of, that's, that's the point. Like there's, it's, it's that mixture. Uh, and we'll probably talk a lot about this when we kind of the styles, like traditional pro wrestling with kind of fighting, which is like the, uh, which is, gives it kind of much, much kind of more kind of depth. Yeah, it feels really, really expanded in that sense. To bring it into like a, a perspective of, you know, yeah, kind of 2018, it's kind of maybe more interested in the UFC game in that kind of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Like I generally don't. I'm not massively into fighting games, and you know, I you know UFC. Yeah, I watch it from time to time. It, it's pretty yeah, pretty cool. And Carl's really into it. So every now and again, he goes, <laughs> "You have to watch this fight." And I see the most gruesome thing in the world. But okay, and then, but yeah, this you know playing this for a number of hours over the week. Um, it's like oh, you know what. I could I could probably get in, into a UFC game now. <laughs> yeah, but once again, works works many years down the line. Carl, you're uh, a bigger <laughs> fan of hip hop than uh, than Ben and Tony are in general, right? So yes. what's, what's your take on all this? This was a really strange one, and I, I, I look at it the way I look at it, and I look at it the way that the market looked at it, um, or I presume that the market did. And one is that um, in terms of my likes, I was a big fan of '90s hip hop. So we're talking, you know, 80s and 90s, so the classic hip-hop artists that we know, yeah. uh, you know, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, N.W.A., that, you know, these these kinds of iconic, mm-hmm. we are that genre, yeah. huge, huge personalities that kind of, they, were, they may not have been listened to, but they were well-known uh, for fans of no matter what you liked in terms of music, you didn't even necessarily need to know music, but you knew them. It's like these days, it would be the equivalent of people know who Cristiano Ronaldo is, but they don't necessarily like football. That was always a big sell for me. In the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, we saw uh, hip hop no longer necessarily be hip hop the way it was. It was rap and then rap went to, it took a culture shift and it wasn't far from pop, which is where we had like, uh, Sean Paul featuring on all the songs and we had um, Exhibit pimping people's rides on MTV and you know yeah. we, were, <laughs> we, we had these people we had Method Man who was acting quite regularly um, yeah. and the Wu-Tang Clan were more of a brand than they were a band these days you know so they weren't they were more famous for their logo being on stuff in the early 2000s than they necessarily were for actually the albums that they were releasing but in terms of wrestling I'd kind of left that pop culture shift of the uh, WWE, WWF attitude era, you know, The Rock and Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and that kind of, you know, that thing. So this was kind of that crossing point between the two things of one thing that I used to really like and one thing that I used to really respect being the, the wrestling right. and the and the hip hop. And maybe it's just fun to punch people in the face now. Which, you know, is, is always going to be a selling factor in any fighting game. It how it plays is also another incredible factor because that's what differentiates ultimately a good game from a bad game. But I was intrigued because could clearly see the similarities between the WCW and WWE, or uh, well, WWF games that we had. And obviously my love and respect for a lot of the artists that were in this game, but had kind of 
they they were now selling uh, as was mentioned earlier their personalities their personas that they were putting out so yeah. there was people who knew who Snoop Dogg was they may never have heard a single song and the kind of music mm. that he was doing in early 2000s was very very different to what it was <laughs> yeah. when he came on the scene I don't think it was necessarily as tough a sell as it could have been I mean if you're trying to release this game six years earlier you've got no chance it's just it's, yeah. it's not going to work but in the early 2000s, um, and I think the likes of Exhibit on Pimp My Ride was a huge thing because that was an absolutely massive thing on MTV that everyone was talking about. And it kind of gave this friendly nature to what hip-hop and rap was that was kind of intimidating. Intentionally intimidating. You know, there's no denying it is an intimidating genre of music. But it had kind of drifted away from that and became a much easier sell for them. I don't think it was a difficult sell on the market. It was obviously unfortunate for them um, if we're to believe that the way that it had shifted from them losing the license, which is highly likely given the sudden shift away from you know the wrestling games that they'd been doing. I think in terms of recognisable names, faces and personas that they could actually sell in the same way that you've got wrestling personalities larger than life, hip-hop was a really, really, really smart move. Yeah, it was also this, this time, uh, I think, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying was released one year earlier. And I think it was kind yeah. of that youth generation's version of uh, Straight Out of Compton uh, of NWA. You know, it really sort yeah. of it captured the imagination of non-black teens uh, everywhere, basically. Yeah, it was. It became a hugely... And yeah, 50 Cent sort of reintroduced street credibility as a sort of a sort of a, an essential factor in a rapper's popularity. This whole sort of gritty street, the uh, street, uh, this uh, gritty street thematics and all this stuff really, I think, really set very well with the zeitgeist yeah. uh, at that time in, uh, in yeah, popular culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Fifty Cent's a valid point because we know all the stories of him being shot. And, you know, it was heavily publicized, but the kind yeah. of music that he was releasing very much bridged the gap between pop and classic rap that were yeah. very palatable. You no longer had to go to like your backstreet record shop to find. Mm. Hip-hop tracks, it was right there on the high street, and I feel like um, that was one of the big shifts from sort of the early 90s, late 80s of aggressive, got a message to give hip-hop that mm. I loved. It, it's commonplace in the charts now. And it pushed a more nihilistic material agenda, which you'll also see back in this particular <laughs> game, of course. So moving on to the looks of Def Jam Fight for New York, the art design and the, the visuals. Now, I personally feel if I put it side to side with uh, Def Jam Vendetta, and I think this is where my big attraction with this game uh, came from as well, like the character models are really, really good in this game. I mean, the physiques are exaggerated and overly buff, uh, but whereas in Vendetta, you sort of had to squint your eyes and look at the characters and sort of figure out who they were meant to represent. They really went to town on uh, the way the, the characters in this game were depicted. And although some are a little bit off and some character portraits especially look a little bit weird, I think a lot of characters and their facial animations are very... Yeah, they, you see immediately when you're uh, familiar with uh, the real-life people that they're meant to represent you you see immediately who they're supposed to be yeah for sure now i uh one you know playing this obviously 14 years down the line i think it still actually reasonably holds up i and i think it's because it's the the style of you know that kind of big you know ea big style you know the the caricatures once again but you know it means that they still kind of look kind of cool and funky 14 years down the line yeah. 
obviously uh, there, there was a funny thing we were talking about a slack and i was unsure of certain characters whether they were actually rappers or just made up names <laughs> yeah because there there are some completely <laughs> fictitious characters in there yeah and i couldn't t- t- work out which ones were which <laughs> occasionally i'd say no yeah, no yeah i no, a zibit yeah no he's definitely but it, it was uh it was yeah quite a fun thing to do <laughs> to do oh, no, wait, I, I, I completely agree no legitimate artist would ever look like crow I mean, it, 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 <laughs> that was Sticky <laughs> Fingers has to be a guy. Like. <laughs> sticky Fingers is real. Yeah, no, Sticky Fingers is real. It's a great name. Yeah. But no, I, what, what I will say is, I, I think going obviously this this many years down the line, I thought the the kind of environments, although you know, talking earlier about them being at least gritty, it's kind of it made me laugh. Is that we need to win back this this territory and the and these clubs, and each club seemed to be a, a slight dive. Like there was never really a club where I'm like, yeah, now I can see why you want that club. That's really nice. It was <laughs> it was like no, just just a you know just a bar somewhere, a brawl, or just a you know backstreet alley that they want to get the turf back. But because of that, obviously yeah. you know, 14 years of development passed. You know, I I've played other fighting games with obviously multi-tiered levels and you know waterfalls and all sorts of stuff going on and yeah it can't yeah. hold a candle but to, to modern day environments but I actually felt mm. that the you know I like the interactivity of the environments and that was a surprise I really like the way the character designs were done you know I, I think you know they still stand up now and a lot of detail in the faces which I was surprised I, of course this is yeah. you know we're not on ancient platforms here i know we're going back a, a while but we you know these platforms had power enough to represent character likenesses um even in a kind of like oh well that's that's not super realistic and if you you know whatnot but uh, yeah the characters look like the characters they were portraying to the point even when they're being thrown from the air they've kind of got that kind of grimacing look on their face that it's not just a, a yeah. blank slate you know each time you 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 slam someone into a fence or whatever it may be you know it feels like you're doing that and i think that's it still sells the, um, that action really well aki core games were really renowned for their just just how playable they were and mm. the animation was very very good and convincing but the character models always looked fairly rubbish and that even goes to vendetta i feel you know this is such a massive step up to what uh, to what the company had done before uh, that i also kind of suspect that EA put a lot of resources towards the character modeling as well in this. It really feels like a, a, a very much of a joint effort, uh, more so than Vendetta was. In that respect, it also feels a work of its time in the fact that this game was even made. You know, I'm trying. I, I'm just trying to visualize trying to get a label of that size and wrestlers with all their kind of PR agents and whatnot and, you know, riders that they would have through this game and, no, you can't smash me into a plank, you know, you can't do any damage to my face. I'm only, any, <laughs> yeah. as daft as that is in the rap culture, right? But, you know, I, th- I could imagine it now of people being super protective of their, you know, their identity or their brand. And actually yeah. here, I think one of the things that surprised me was, wow, like, you can really mess some of these guys up. Like, <laughs> you, you can yeah. really do some damage. And the fact that you are doing that to recognizable um people within in that industry it's almost like def jam just said look we're doing this and i got a bunch of my friends and they're doing it too and that's it that's i'm you know i'm def jam this is what i can do and it's just yeah. and that was that and it doesn't feel like a game like that could exist now because there's so many hurdles for that to happen yeah i think that you're really touching on one of the, the game's greatest greatest dichotomies there i think as much as we you know we we talk about rappers and having huge egos uh, it's it's kind of sportsman like that they allow anybody to just really 
mangle, maim, and molest them in horrible ways <laughs> in this uh, in this game. It's beautiful. Yeah, Carl, <laughs> uh, Ben, how do you feel about the art design and the visuals? Uh, ben, you touched on the environments, the sort of the the darkness that. Uh, Sort of is pervasive throughout this game. Even even the shops are kind of dark and and gloomy, right? When you go there, yeah, sinister, right? In a funny kind of yeah, in a in a, in, in a really funny kind of way. Yeah, it, it all adds kind of so much without you even realizing it. I, I think that if you like, you say we we said that it's a, an idea, I suppose that we've all said like, oh, if you transpose this game to something else, I don't only think it wouldn't work. I think it'd be ludicrous. I think like you'd, <laughs> you'd just wouldn't. I honestly don't think nice. I didn't even mean that. Incredible. That's the whitest thing I've ever done. But, like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't see. I don't. I don't see how that would do. I don't see that how that would work in in kind of any way. Um, and I think when you get a a game or a series of games that are are really entrenched in something like that a kind of design feel it becomes like i say almost indistinguishable like you can't you physically you'd struggle to kind of separate right. them i think and i think that's the that's kind of the genius of it really I th- also as well it's like we've said it's so unbelievably mm-hmm. unique it's not like they had to go well there's going to be a load of these games out now no. <laughs> do you know what i mean like they didn't, as, as long as we do this well no one else is going to make mm. a game like this unless we get unless Shaq gets back on the phone and wants to do a next gen version of Shaq Fu 2 <laughs> but like we're, yeah, we just we're, had one a couple of months ago pretty safe in a it was yeah. <laughs> incredible <laughs> yeah it's certainly a tough act to follow yeah uh, another aspect is, are of course the animations, which look mm. absolutely brutal in uh, in so many ways. And you know the w- the the way you can just put your boot through somebody's face, and it actually looks like you just literally flatten somebody's face. It's uh, almost makes you cringe, you know. Yeah, like, like I said before about like the the fighting thing. Like we look at the time as well in terms of like what was happening. Like popular culture wise, like that we said earlier, this came out kind of 2004 ish. You got to think a couple of years before uh, the UFC had done its first 100,000 pay per view by event, UFC 40, which was a uh, Ken Shamrock TOTs, massive, do you know what I mean? And then UFC 47, uh, which was uh, 2004, was uh, Chutlet TOTs, like massive, another big event. And, and, uh, and that was right about the time when this was coming out, like people were starting to accept kind of mixed mm. martial arts culture really mm. and when this was at the peak of kind of its run the start of 2005 like the ultimate fighter started and premiered which obviously mm. like was the the kind of ignition of the uh, the modern kind of mixed martial arts kind of revolution yeah. really so like they kind of timed it perfectly like yeah. culturally with what was yeah. going on like there Perfect was a storm. there was more kind of a yeah exactly exactly it's like one of those things with, with, the, with the kind of the planets aligning like you couldn't have timed it better like there was you, you're never gonna you're never gonna get a spot like that again where like popular culture is so accepting of kind of organized violence on one hand i appreciated that the representations were really impressive and the violence looked wonderful the engine that it's built on mixed gives me a real claustrophobic look. So if you're in places like the club and the crowd are right on you and the roof's low and the characters, like, it, let's be honest, it doesn't really matter what size you make the character, you create a character because they all end up looking quite similar. They've all got these really big, super chunky builds, which they did in No Mercy. Visually, that doesn't do anything for me. I've mentioned before that very few games that utilize chunky characters actually work 
to my tastes, but also the fact that it was almost that camera close in, low down, big characters. I felt a little bit uncomfortable playing it at times, and it's a really strange effect. I realise it wouldn't be an impact for everyone, but it's something that I couldn't shake, and it is what ultimately did put me off, was the big chunky characters. But this combined the big chunky characters with... I mean, the, the environments weren't necessarily small, but they definitely felt low when I was playing. Like, the ceilings right. never seemed that high and stuff, and it did make me feel a little bit uneasy. It's a strange effect for it to have. It's clearly not necessarily something that they were going for um, to, to make people feel claustrophobic or anything like that, which is weird because right. I'm not a claustrophobic person. But it yeah. does make me feel a little odd, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this exact same thing on a very recent podcast, and I can't for the life of me remember what game it would have been about. <laughs> and it's kind of strange. It must be the camera angle, right? I mean, that's that's what yeah. it's, it's got to be. The camera doesn't... I mean, it moves, but it, it doesn't you know, it doesn't do any panning shots. It's, it's not a 2D camera, obviously, everything's in 3D. But equally, it's, it's not like you're moving it around the ring and, and doing it. It's just, you know, it's kind of close up and personal in the action, and but yeah. far enough away that yeah. you can transpose and, and work out your next move. But it, yeah, it's certainly... It's not far away, is it? It's it's, but it's at a. Um, I don't know what angle that would be, but it's yeah, it's it's tilted. Let's just say it's you know. yeah. It it highlights the violence well, but it doesn't mm. necessarily give you a freedom of movement. I mean, to equate it to another fighting game, it would be the equivalent of trying to play uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three without actually having an understanding of the intricacies of what's going on. So it can seem really confusing up close and unclear at times. Obviously, I love that game. I think it's a masterpiece of 2D fighting. But to someone who's not necessarily well-versed in that, it could have a similar effect. And this is kind of what this game did have on me. Like it's, I was very thankful that when I was playing it, we were playing past the controller because I wouldn't have liked to have spent... Because it's a big story mode, and we will cover the story mode in more detail because it is a humongous part of this game. But mm, that is... I mean, exactly. it is a humongous story mode as well. It is not short. Um, and <laughs> to go through that with the effect that the game had on me um, would have been not something that I would have been best pleased with, I think. Especially if you played like the free-for-all tournaments or the free-for-all matches with uh, four characters on screen, especially in the outdoors environment, uh, the camera goes kind of bird's eye view there. So, but I yeah. think in in the indoors environments, the camera actually sticks to the ceiling. It doesn't go outside of that. It doesn't clip through it or anything like that. So, how about the the sound design? How did that work for everybody? The foot to face sounds like foot to face is close approximation. I'd imagine what that does sound like. It does, yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, it's it's exaggerated for sure, but it's it's there, and yeah, you know, people having their face rubbed down fences and whatnot, chain link fences comes across, you know, fairly clear. Yeah, there's there's some good stompage sound design. I'm going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it works very well in tandem with what you see on screen with the, mm-hmm. the little screen shakes and everything. It's uh. It's very powerful delivery of the of the sound designer. I can talk a bit more about that actually because um I thought it would be interesting for a while to run the game without any music on. Mm-hmm. Just just you know just to see you know it's, it's, I know it's part and parcel of of the game design. Yeah. Um, but you know after playing it for multiple hours that I I'd, I'd had enough rap um, or hip hop and so I just you know lowered lowered the tone of that down and actually played it in just kind of pure fighting sound design and it I I found it to be it worked re- really quite well like it didn't it wasn't absolutely dependent on having you know the hip hop 
top um, stylings around it, it it worked. I mean, I suppose at that point it it probably did feel more like a traditional kind of you know wrestling fighting game, um, yeah. and it wasn't as reliant on the bells and whistles to sell everything else. So I think it actually you know the sound design does its job there, but I actually think that that shows a strength of the game as well that it you know it has all these aspects, but it doesn't actually you know, it doesn't actually entirely rely on um, if you're into the music either because you can just play it with the sound off. It, I mean, it's, it's a bit lonely. <laughs> but but it worked. Yeah. yeah, I think also some very memorable sound effects are kind of le- uh, for me they sort of lead back to the Aki wrestlers on the N64 is when you use weapons on uh, on uh, people. So that the Aki games also had some very uh, cool sound effects in there that sounded really painful and especially like when you clock somebody over the head with a lead pipe that really that clunk sound uh, just <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful. So so much impact. It's equal parts satisfying mm-hmm. and yeah. violent. And like, what more do you want, right? Got, still comical in a sort of a dark sense, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sort of like, clunk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this also ties into the music, but I also found it quite cool, like how during a match uh, after you've uh, performed your fir- uh, first blazing move the lyrics of the otherwise instrumental versions of the songs uh, sort of start bleeding through uh, the music i thought that was a very cool touch so speaking about the music for me personally it really represents of course a, a huge chunk of the hip hop that was popular at the time and i'm i'm personally more of a sort of a fan of more grassroots sample based dusty uh, kind of beats so it, it's it's a, la- a lot more sort of ca- Casio and synth-based uh, stuff that you, you find on the, uh, the track list for this game, aside from some really essential classics. But I found sort of uh, myself, I, found, I started to grow uh, to like a lot of these songs, uh, despite myself, especially the really rowdy tracks like uh, CNN, Capone Noriega's Yes Sir, uh, Freeway's Flipside, and... Um, that uh, crazy comp track, C-O-M-P, that was really, sort of really, uh, you know, made my adrenaline rush and filled me with a lot of uh, vigor. It, ha- it had some classic uh, Def Jam tracks, some Public Enemy tracks, uh, of course, L Cool yeah. J's Mama Said Knock You, knock you Out, uh, yeah. A classic and ideally titled for the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear it a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> The tracks sort of became. A, yeah, it's it's very hard to sort of separate them separate them from the from the game now as well. When I when I go back to them, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not an aficionado of it. So, it, but I will say it's it it's made me appreciate a a number of songs that probably would have passed me by. Um, you know, I, it's it's one of those ones. That, you know, I started playing the game and ended up you know putting together a Def Jam playlist um, on Spotify. Just to, you know, there's a few. Uh, Actually, once again, that goes back to my point earlier about, you know, could this be made now? There's a number of Death Jam playlists on Spotify that have obviously been put up over the years. And the amount of them that actually, you know, the songs were added and then they grayed out because they're no longer available on the service. Which means it's like, yep, no, no, you can't get a license for that. Done. A lot of the um, artists that are in this game and whose music is featured are no longer on the Death Jam label anymore as well. Yeah. It's a it's a fun selection of tracks with some real classics in there, some stuff I hadn't heard of which I really like, and some stuff that I'm yeah. like, I oh God, if I hear this again, I you know I don't <laughs> can I edit this track list and take this out? So you know, but you can actually, yeah, that that I mean that's any any kind of big tracks playlist, and that still continues today all the way up into the latest yeah. kind of FIFA games where you know you're like, oh God, get rid of that, 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 that. yeah. 
Yeah, you can uh, you can toggle tracks on and off, and you can demote them and mm-hmm. promote them if you want to hear them more or less uh, than uh, than others. What What about you? But I mean, obviously, you you are the the big fan of the music here, so yeah, they they do a, a reasonable job, or is it literally just you know, as we said, it's just a capture of the time? It's really very much a capsule of the time, but thankfully there are some some real classics in there. And yeah, like I said before, it's uh, I, despite myself, I really started to to like a lot of these tracks that were on there. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting on to the meat of this game. The story mode uh, element of this game is huge, right? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> what you do uh, for the uninitiated is you sort of tie, uh, leads back to the events of Def Jam Vendetta. The, the antagonist uh, in that game was a fictitious character called D-Mop, or sort of a crime boss figure. Um, and in this game, you are the guy that out of nowhere, with no background story, sort of smash into the, into the police car that he's being taken away uh, in and free him uh, from his cuffs and, uh, and hightail it. And that sort of prompts D-Mob to accept you into the crew. Yeah, that's your character that's playing the main uh, role in this in this story. And uh, you create this character by putting a, a, a police sketch together uh, of him. And it's a him because you can only uh, create a male character. And then you sort of hit uh, the the... Yeah, the, the, the crew's gym and you p- pick a starting fighting style and that's where all the customization begins. Throughout the game uh, you can keep adding moves, special blazing moves and you can keep adding actually up to two extra fighting styles and we'll talk about more about that as well. And you can keep on altering your character's appearance in terms of bling, uh, jewelry, tattoos, and a lot of name brand clothes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the funny thing is, it's I feel it's kind of like when when I was playing it back in the days. Uh, one of my friends was remarking, "Guys, you remember you because we're really getting into like uh, going for clothes shopping and uh, dressing our character up in many different getups." And uh, one of my friends was remarking, "Guys, you realize what we're doing here, right? We're basically." Playing, playing with Barbies in a sort of a middle uh, sort of sense. <laughs> and um, the funny thing is about all this customization is you could just find pick one outfit that you like for your character and stick with it. But there's actually a charisma stat for your character, which is influenced by basically leveling up your clothes and your gear and your uh, jewelry and anything else. And the charisma uh, stat influences how willing the audience is to help you out as opposed to your opponents so it's actually kind of rewarded as well to just uh yeah dress your character up like crazy and buy the most expensive jewelry and uh, deck them out with it plus it's fun the creator character was my very favorite part of it the creator character elements had been the norm for a while in the wrestling games which was why it perfectly blended into this Taking the certain elements like uh, the bling factor or the obnoxious factor or whatever you want to call it of like big chains and rings and all that kind of nonsense, really, you know, being Jacob the Jeweler's number one customer, (laughs) played into that, the image really, really well, sort of out clothing your opponent. That that was something I really appreciated, and the fact that you know you could pick the uh, one of the five different fighting styles, um, you could learn uh, moves. There was a huge amount of blazing moves that you could kind of attach. The actual meat of the game is built not just around the story mode and the fact that there actually is one in the progress, but also the creator character, and they're so intrinsically linked mm. um, that it 
it just works ideally because there's no sense of sensibility in in terms of being there like the more outrageous you deck out your character the more it kind of works like um there's so many other games that have a creator mode i mean it's it's something that's a huge deal in like the nba 2k games and obviously some people do they go for the green hair and the, the crazy tattoos and whatnot a lot of the times when I create a character's in, I don't want to go that outrageous route because it kind of detaches from the environment that the game set forth, and I, I don't necessarily like that. I like to uh, invest the look of a character to belong in that world, but that's kind of thrown out of the window with Def Jam because you are just matching what everyone else is doing, like throw more chains on, get more tattoos, like, <laughs> um, and, it, and it doesn't seem out of place. Yeah, I, I just think that's kind of fun, and it kind of takes me out of my comfort zone for what a creative character uh, yeah. output would be, uh, and it kind of works in Def Jam Fight for New but York. It, you say it takes it out of character. To me, that just, once again, is a caricature of what that's... That, I mean, look at 50 Cent. It was a massive, great big chain, and his ridiculous rings at the time. It's, yeah, it's yeah, everything well, that's what I'm I, saying. It works in this. Yeah, but it's, but it's <laughs> not a character. You're saying it's like, oh, it's kind of... It's daft and it's silly, but it's it's not to me. It's you know I was wearing ridiculous hoodies, but you know and pants <laughs> around my ankles. But then again, yeah, that was the culture. Certainly, it kind of still is now. But it's you know it, it felt right in it kind of like yeah, yeah. I am covered in jewels and tattoos and ridiculous clothing because that's kind of like the whole culture feels a bit like that, and then it kind of just embraces it and says, so what? What are you going to do about it? You know, this is, <laughs> we, we <laughs> yeah. are just this, get on with it. And it's, so yeah, yeah, to me, it didn't fill out a character. It just felt like, yeah, no, I'm creating the the most ridiculous kind of rapper with, imagine being hit <laughs> with a fistful of diamond rings. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's going to hurt. <laughs> that's going to hurt. That's, that, that's yeah. what I always think. I was like, yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah, I also remember thinking at the time that, uh, you know, being the uh, sort of... Uh, underground hip-hop fan that i was and still am it's like yeah this is kind of shallow isn't it like oh sure the crowd would help help you out more because you you wear more jewelry you know and i was thinking, even thinking it might be more likely that they'll help to take you down and they'll rob you of your jewelry <laughs> especially in the, the kind of places that you that you are but uh, yeah it, it works for the game ben what's your take on this, all this yeah like it's one of those things that you just don't mean to spend loads of time on <laughs> yeah. it and then you actually do and you're like it's two o'clock here I haven't had a fight in about two hours do you know what I mean because I've just been I've just been like I'm in, in an, do you know what I mean I'm, I'm playing like a, an overly violent game and I'm trying to work out like what earrings go with the tattoo I've just had it's ridiculous but yet so compulsive yeah. and I think like but like, like you say like it's cool because everyone's like that and that like that, that mm. that's the whole thing like nothing I, I'm kind of a yeah I I'm the same in terms of like nothing for me looks more ridiculous than a custom made character in a cutscene when do you know what I mean wearing a stupid like a, a, an unfitting kind of a an unfitting outfit. I always think of that. I always think of that uh, screenshot of like uh, the it film with the clown. You've got all those four kids all dressed the same and the clown. <laughs> and the thing is, when your custom character walks into the shot, like and it's like that that thing always kind of a, always gets me. There is nothing more ridiculous than. Do you know what I mean? Four police officers having a having a conversation. And a guy comes in dressed as a giant chicken or something. Like it's just it's just yeah. stupid. And like that, and investing in in kind of that look that makes your character kind of stand out but fit in, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, is is a, a central part of this. And one of those things that you wouldn't expect to spend the amount of time on it that you do. But then that's that's the A games, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of that era, certainly. Yeah. Like the uh, 
like the 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 Need for Speed games, Need for Speed Underground too. I remember spending an inordinate amount of time on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Sticking like a sticking a boot scoop on a yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? Toyota Celica. It still looked like a taxi, yeah. but I mean, well, I didn't care. Do you know what I mean? It looked like a taxi with a scoop on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, like I said before, I just spent way more time on the story mode and played it way more uh, times than I probably should have. It's not because the story itself is so great. It's because of that whole customization aspect uh, to it, of course. Exactly. Yeah. That's the replay value there, right? Yeah, it's, it's not like I want to re re experience this amazing story for the ages again. Yeah, so, so, but I think the the problem you have, I found playing this game, if you if you were just to do exhibition matches, then it I mean, it feel it does just feel like okay, I'm playing the game, and that's and that's fine. It's just but it, it then it feels more like a traditional fighting game. You've set up the scenario and you're going at it. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it but that's what it is. Well. Playing for the story mode, that is still absolutely the fundamental core of this game. Like you still are going to go through a you know the fight, but it's kind of like just hitting random on like, well, who am I going to play next? You get a choice, but you know who am I going to fight next? Which you kind of can do in exhibition mode, but at the same time, it's like well, I get credits and I get to do the the kind of the extra bit at the end, which is you know the the character building up. Yes, that I mean the story. Honestly, honestly, the story. I I. I don't know how hours I played. I played many, many hours so I could get... To, because when we have this thing on Kainer Inch, like we've got to play the game to the end. And this has a story mode, so the natural progression is, well, I'll play this story mode to the end, and then I can say I've completed Def Jam New York. Little did I know that the story mode was the equivalent of, you know, war and peace. It's... it <laughs> Even in context, <laughs> I say. Um, but it, yeah, it goes on for a long time. And all it, all it really is, it's as... A bunch of segmented cutscenes, and then just a lot of exhibition matches that are just and just said the the core of the game, right? So you might as well um, be getting something back for it. And yeah, the dress up is fun, and it is dress up, but it you know it is fun, and it made me laugh every single time I did a fight. It's like, yo, we got more clothes. I was like, seriously, <laughs> every time one fight you have more. Just get one shipment in for like a month, <laughs> like every day. More clothes, more clothes, and it and it's like that crack, isn't it? It's like, oh, he's got more yeah. stuff. Oh, and then you put on something really stupid in front of the mirror, yeah. and the, and you the go shop back owner, and go, snowman, really good, is like, yeah. "Yo, that's big, big dog style right there." Yeah, and you like you got a baseball hat on, and you've done it backwards. No, sideways. No, slightly twist. <laughs> it's like, what? why am I doing <laughs> back to the main game? And then you play the game, and obviously, but I think you know t- part of that is we're talking about the you know the claustrophobic nature of the of beating people, and because it's not like this, you know, Street Fighter, you know, it's just good fun. There is that element yeah. of I've just caved a man's skull. Not Mortal Kombat style where it's wow I've just caved a man's skull in. Well, jeez. Yeah. Um, but kind of comical. This is like man I just like really punched him into that you know that grill of that car and kick put my boot through his head. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go and pick some clothes. Like I just need a you know. Te- <laughs> It's just a few minutes yeah. just to get over that. Um, what a weird place this game puts us in, yeah. Yeah, I, I, re- I really wasn't really expecting is. this. Like, just coming into Def Jam New York. It's like, it's like yeah, dress up similar. But, <laughs> but equally, I, yeah, I, I like the story mode for what it is. I just, I just wish the story mode was a bit better because it is ridiculous and it's and it's yeah we'll get into that right after this uh, bit go go so another another big element or notable element of the story mode is that you get to pick your girlfriend so who wants to bite off on this one hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, EA of uh, yeah 2004 were allowed to do some stuff 
Uh, <laughs> but EA of 2018 wouldn't probably do. Although, you know, Battlefield. Um, but, but, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's you know you get get pick Karma Lecturer as your girlfriend and I don't think actually yeah. picking your girlfriend is necessarily the problem. I think there's there's a point about mm, halfway maybe a quarter way into the game where you get to choose to cheat on your girlfriend with another girl mm. <laughs> and it's kind of like yeah solid. I mean what it's, unbelievable. It's like <laughs> it's a morality choice. Yeah and yeah, weirdly yes <laughs> and it's like. It's a game, do you know what I mean? It's a game where I can hit a legally blind man with a shovel and that's the morality mm, choice, like, you know what I mean? Am I this guy? Ridiculous. Of course, you're, like, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're already so far in. You're like, okay, well, I want to see how this pans out. And of course, the girls end up fighting. But it, it's it's just a bit icky in 2018. It's just, you know, I, I would have been fine with it in 2004. I'm sure I would have been. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they were different, different times, times. But right now, coming to this fresh, it was like... Okay, Okay. And of course the girls are represented in the most voluptuous way they know yeah. possible in a game. To be fair, the blokes are also presented in that style, so you know, equal rights and all that, but the girls are <laughs> oversaturated, shall we say. Um yeah. and they're not afraid to Best equal rights yes, argument yeah, ever, that is. They're good not stuff. afraid to <laughs> pan a camera and, you know, flaunt said things. I it's it's difficult. It's, we have had this conversation about games very similar to this in the past on the show, and it seems to be really petty to say, "Well, it's the time," but you know, yeah. well, I like, it's the time. I like, to be, <laughs> I like to think of myself as being so elevated that I can't find anything but uh, hilarity in this. There's not not a thing about thing about it that I take serious. Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> but I think you know maybe. The, the 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 setup is just so so I guess unrefined. Uh, where you walk in, you first walk into this club, right, and then you get to to pick one out of uh, four girls. One being uh, Kimora Lee Simmons, uh, the other being Lil Kim, and there's another sort of yeah, she she's not really around anymore, not popular anymore. Another female rapper called Shauna, and there's uh, a model I think whose name is Cindy J, and um, so the thing, what happens is when, no matter who you pick, one of the uh, fictitious, funky characters uh, steps up and gets really <laughs> mad that you got, to, <laughs> that you did you uh, try to flirt with his girlfriend. You have to fight him right, right uh, there and then. And he was kind of a pushover in the in the foundation, uh, in the, the first area of the game. But he's like mega aggressive, so it's it's quite likely that you lose that. You can lose that fight very quickly if you if you're not on your uh, on your toes right there. Uh, and what happens is if you lose the fight, another girl will come and just fixes you up and uh, takes you uh, takes you takes you home. And she is meant to be horrifyingly ugly. So it's like super insulting thing. And 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 then of course uh, Method Man, uh, who plays the role of Blaze in the game, also. You know, can't resist to send you uh, voice and text messages about that thing. So it's it's really over the top in just how mm. sort of misogynist uh, the whole thing is. Speaking about the script, the cast, the characters, and the performance, yeah, it's it's like it's like a really ridiculous sort of urban crime setup, right? The the basic premise behind this whole thing is that there are two rivaling crews. You got uh, the aforementioned uh, D Mop. Uh, and then his uh, his rival Crow, played by Snoop Dogg, who are fighting for the control of New York. And I'm not sure if they're actually meant to be 
general crime bosses or just leaders of underground illegal fighting rings? I think the latter is probably a little bit less ridiculous than the first yeah, one. Yeah, I think the latter. Because fi- fighting over uh, crime turf by having just uh, crew members duke it out uh, at certain locations is just, you know, a little bit too preposterous, I, I suppose. So if they're just fighting from controls of clubs by having fights, it gets a little bit less just a slightly little bit less uh, less ridiculous, but that's the whole gist of it. Then uh, sort of three-thirds into... when you, While you're fighting to take clubs for D-Mob, two-thirds into the whole thing, um, your girlfriend gets kidnapped. So yeah, women are just nothing but trophies in this game. Uh, and she, uh, you basically get... Uh, she's taken hostage and you get blackmailed into um, taking back the clubs and working for uh, the other guy for crow for snoop dog to uh, sort of go against your uh, your family against your crew and uh, and and start beating down on them which is a prob- probably a good sort of excuse also uh, to sort of make sure you're beating up the whole yeah, roster, roster of characters yeah. in the game <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so you get to actually beat up on method man and red man and uh, the, the guys that are supposed to be your friends yeah, so that's basically the gist of it. It ends up, uh, spoiler alert, with uh, you having to face uh, face Crow and throw him out of a window. And uh, then the credits roll and uh, a Joe Budden song plays. Josh Holmes, producer at uh, Electronic Arts, again in the same GameSpy interview that I quoted from before, says, The coolest thing about this product has been working with a cast that are all big-time gamers. The celebs were all very enthusiastic about their involvement, but I'd have to give particular props to Lil Flip, Bubba Sparks, David Banner, Nori, Freeway, and of course Method Man, who was intimately involved in the development of the story. Meth was a guy I could bounce ideas off and have him tell me whether something was cool or whack. Being an avid gamer and an accomplished actor, he had he has a great grasp of what will work from both the narrative and interactive perspective, and it's just cool. Our vision for this product is bigger than just hip-hop. We're creating an urban world. Anyone who adds to that world and feels right with the urban vibe is definitely a candidate for inclusion. In the case of Henry and Carmen, Henry Rollins and Carmen Electra, that is, they totally suited the characters we were creating in the story. For the training, we needed somebody who felt like they had the discipline to master all the five fighting styles and the commanding presence to beat your ass into shape. There we were as a team saying, who know, you know who would be so cool? Henry Rollins. Too bad we can't get that guy. And then we were like, why not? We reached out to Henry's people and soon enough he was signed on. Carmen's casting was also based on natural fit for the character. We had written a voluptuous fiction into the story that comes after the main character while he already has a girlfriend. We needed a girl who could play temptress to all men regardless of their personal preference. She also had to have enough flavor to carry her own in our rough and dirty world. Carmen was the first person who came to mind. So, about the story and the characters and the cast in there, is there anything in particular that stood out to you guys? That was a piece of PR speak right there. That's... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, it's, it's not great. And I, the reason it's, it's not great is, one, it's not particularly fantastically acted. Two, it's just like a tagline of really bad um, dialogue. But it's just like quips. Yeah, they're fighting for for the clubs and there there is one moment in the story that I actually thought was played out really quite well um, from a, a fairly kind of inept affair and that was the moment that Blaze your character has to or his girlfriend gets taken and he has to fight against the people that have taken him in, him in as his family and I think that's actually that was actually quite a good I mean it's a twist fair enough but it, the reason I like it is because the way it works out in the game is 
every so every time you've taken down somebody in the game up to this point, you give them a quip at the end, and it's a ridiculous quip. You know, like mine was always you know ninety percent of the time is like, "Why are you down there? Why don't you shine my shoes?" Like <laughs> I heard that so many times that I just wanted to scream. Yeah. And the first time you go against your own crew and they don't understand why, he kind of looks and he kind of just looks like shit and kind of like doesn't say anything like the quips are gone it's no longer just this fun world he's playing and it's actually turned serious and you know his girlfriend's at stake and i it was surprised it caught me off guard it's like oh actually yeah there's a little bit of characterization there in this kind of you know really thin <laughs> written script but fair play it's it's there somewhere um but i mean i think you know snoop dogg performance is uh, Snoop Dogg's performance in anything. It's ridiculous and over the top. Yeah, and It's just Snoop Dogg. Um, it's Snoop Dogg. And yeah, I I really would have been better off, I think, just watching this as a, like, whatever, a two-hour YouTube um, rundown clip of the story in this game and not probably spent, you know, the best part of, you know, 15 hours fighting my way through. <laughs> but, but I did get to enjoy the mechanics of the game uh, and the story kind of propelled me you know to to investigate more or invest more time into that so it's way for thin it's fairly insulting as a modern day um you know 2018 product but you know it it served a purpose i think in 2004 unless anyone else thinks it's brilliant in which case you know speak up now <laughs> so systems and mechanics <laughs> <laughs> i just I just wanted to before we get into that uh and what a brilliant segue that is tony uh <laughs> Before we get into that, I just want to note a couple of uh, really enjoyable performances. I felt I think Method Man actually did quite a quite a good job as your sort of your your brother, your your right hand man, your uh, yeah, your closest friend in the in the game for for what it's worth. And I felt actually Sticky Fingers. I mean, this guy even in in interviews in hip hop, he's been the same like that, just always super intense and snarling and angry. I, th- I found his, you know, his heel turn and his his, his whole performance, exaggerated performance, very entertaining uh, through, throughout. Just like a, a really, he, he really put down sort of this uh, ridiculously <laughs> detestable villain uh, villain role uh, down very well. Fat Joe, man, he was he was the the one. <laughs> Fat Joe was a nightmare to fight uh, <laughs> the first is. time in that cage. <laughs> Playing through the story mode this time, I just felt it so unbelievable. I mean, a lot of it is completely unbelievable, but especially unbelievable how Crow's crew sort of abandoned him in the end, where he was ex- while he was actually had the upper hand, and then it sort of ties into, you know, the code and loyalty and respect, mm-hmm. and they felt maybe they felt like he wasn't really uh, living up to that, and he felt like he didn't need to live up to the code, but it felt just so unbelievable how all of a sudden everybody sort of uh, sort of abandons him uh, when he's actually on top. Uh, at that moment yeah if this was a film it'd be straight to tv wouldn't it yeah like on a terrible network as well hbo aren't touching this this is going straight to sci-fi do you know what i mean you you're like you're coming in after a night out and this is going to be on after a repeat of shark to piss or something but it's got sticky fingers in it man come on someone's got to be there exhibits in it it's like what shark to piss had eric roberts in it mate it was still rubbish like sean paul (laughs) yeah beautiful <laughs> well done. All comes back to Sean Paul all the time. Yeah, that that it's pity couldn't get him on this. You know, everybody just slating him for about two hours. The Aki engine uh, is, of course, intrinsic uh, to this. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of differences, I guess, from earlier games. The the wrestling games, 
you had to hold on, hold buttons for them to be modified into stronger versions of themselves. In this one, you actually hold uh, a trigger on your controller of shoulder uh, choice, one of the shoulder buttons to make stronger punches, grapples, and uh, uh, kicks. Um, but it's main, mainly instead of a lot of I guess a lot of wrestling games before the Aki games were a lot of yeah, just really like track and field type button mashing, right? To uh, to win the the grapples, but this one is a lot more timing based. So who grab the person who grabs first gets to cho- uh, choose how to follow up with a with a grapple. Mashing is really only done to get out of a stun situation or out of submission holds in this game. Uh, as with the uh, earlier games, so what you can do in this game as basic moves are punches, kicks, grapples. You can run. There's the uh, the, the left shoulder button modifier. You can block moves. Uh, so that's you can block strikes and kicks. Uh, you can counter them by pressing towards and blocking. Uh, uh, at the same time, so pressing towards your opponent. You can roll by uh, running and uh, pressing block, so sort of to put your uh, opponent on the wrong foot. There's various wake-up options. You can uh, rise with a, with an attack, or you can roll out of the way. Uh, you can uh, perform stomps and punches and um, yeah, jumping moves and uh, uh, regra- or sort of pick, pick opponents off the ground. So there's about a a bunch of options to deal with uh, with uh, down opponents, and I feel this game is very momentum based. So once you start laying into uh, an opponent, and you can sort of like keep picking them up the ground, and they they'll remain more more stunned. You can sort of steamroll them uh, if you if you keep your momentum going. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think the change to a modifier button helps differentiate from the classic wrestling games, where, as you said, it was generally a hold for a stronger contact. Which, you know, wrestling is one of the five disciplines, but it kind of works. Like, just making that immediate change allows a quicker input. So, actually being like a fighter or a a kickboxer, for example, becomes far more uh, applicable um, to choose because, you know, that, that contact happens a lot quicker. Um, mm. with, with in terms of how you interact with the pad. So, yeah, I, I definitely preferred the change to making it a more traditional fighting game-based game over over a wrestling one. It was one of the things that, again, irked me a little bit about the um, No Mercy game, specifically because it, it did feel a little slow at times and, and this mm. kind of sped the action up uh, yeah, it's quite, definitely more quite considerably. Than, uh, than those uh, other Aki Engine wrestlers, yeah. Yeah. So then, of course, you also have the blazing moves. Uh, the blazing moves are built up by building up a, a yellow meter, and it's you can build it up by uh, taunting. Mostly, you'll be building up by actually consistently performing damage. And once you start taking hits, and uh, you're the one uh, on the receiving end, your blazing me- uh, meter goes down again. So again, it really ties into this sort of feel of momentum uh, of this game. And once your uh, blazing bar is full, uh, you have uh, some time to activate it by uh, flicking the uh, right analog stick, and then you enter blazing mode. And you know, you don't uh, in uh, blazing mode. Uh, you, all you have to do really is grab an opponent and then flick the stick again to perform your super spectacular and really painful looking uh, <laughs> blazing move. And it it doesn't have to be a hard grapple, so you can do it fairly easily unless your opponent is doing everything uh, in their power to get you off of them and uh, and not not grab them or just run <laughs> or just run. Yeah. <laughs> 
it does become that, doesn't it? The second yeah, you flip it, it everyone just disappears. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one rates it at that point. Yeah, what, what, yeah. What I usually do actually is uh, when uh, an opponent starts uh, blazing on me, is uh, I know what they want to do. They want to grab me, so I just start using a lot of strikes and interrupt their grabs all the time, so make sure that they can't connect uh, connect to me. Uh, and then you know they they run out of their blazing juice uh, at some point. So Josh Holmes, the uh, EA Canada producer, again from the same interview, said, We have really super talented people who work on creating the most kick-ass, painful and over-the-top moves you can imagine. The process from concept to completion involves many steps. First of all, each of the celebrities gives us input into how they want their move to work. Sometimes this is detailed right down to each blow, and other times it's just a general direction, like, I want to punch him in the nuts until he cries for his mama. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, From there, amazing. we have a team of animators and storyboard artists who work to develop those ideas. This is where the really crazy bleep happens. Once we have a bunch of concepts to choose from, we were very selective about the moves that we use. It needs to be something that feels rewarding for a user after they've worked up to build up their momentum meter and earn that special. In the end, we probably throw away eight ideas for everyone that we wind up using. So how did you guys feel about the blazing moves in general and how they were uh, depicted in this game? Because they were in Vendetta. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous and over the top as any kind of EA big franchise should be. <laughs> I tended to want to save them towards the back end of a fight so they might actually get somebody down far enough where I could actually inflict a knockout rather than kind of mm. just you know using it, getting that bar down, but see it slowly creeping back up again. It's one of my bugbears of fighting games like this where the damage you do isn't the damage you do. You need to continue to do it to kind of keep that mm. meter down so uh, the number of times i felt like ah oh, wow i've just pulled off that move and i feel like i would have taken about 50 percent of their health off only then not to be able to get another move in for another you know four or five hits of them and just watch their health bar slowly creep back up <laughs> and i'm like yeah. so literally that move did like two points of damage maybe it's actually down to the fact that fighters aren't my you know prefer to go to genre but i did i every time i found that really annoying and so whenever yeah. whenever i felt like okay i'm gonna get this blazing move up and the annoying thing is you could earn it and then lose it at, you know or it cut down to half doesn't it if you don't actually you know spend it once again frustrating is anything because it's like well i've earned it just let me use it when yeah. i want to use it but nope but yeah so, so with that system with that system of it having to get that meter down and then having to do damage chip damage once their kind of health bar's gone down a certain thing Obviously, when you're, it's happening to you, not so bad because your health's going back up. But going yeah. for them, I always found that, right, the blazing move I know will take out, if I do it right, you know, it will take out almost half of their health bar. You know, not quite, but around that area. So if I can actually chip damage them down to that point and pull off an amazing blazing move and actually get them down into the red that just requires me then to do a knockout. I always find that the preferred tactic and the worst case scenario is when you do that, you get them to red and you're after that one final hit and it doesn't come. <laughs> and you yeah. just, oh yeah. my yeah, God. Yeah, they, need to, they need to be in the red uh, when, uh, when you grab them, of course, uh, to, for, in order to, it, for it to count as a knockout. I guess in, in this sense, uh, it, it's, it's really that momentum. Yeah, you've mm. you got to keep up the momentum to take somebody out quick. And in that sense, it still very much possesses the dynamics of a wrestler game much more than a traditional fighting game. Actually, yeah, you are right there. Yeah, you know, I hadn't actually put it into that context, which is, yeah, that is wrestling for and for. And then the same, what I've experienced with UFC games, etc. Yeah. For me as well, the thing with it is like, it, it, I talked at the start about the balance between kind of fighting and, and wrestling. 
these moves kind of encompass that full spectrum yeah. really because when you by the time you get to the end and you've got so many you've got ones that are ridiculous and comical and pro wrestling based like do you know what i mean mm. ridiculous big suplexes yeah. and, and all like, the rest like of it. swings yeah exactly all kinds of all kinds of uh, pro wrestling kind of uh, carnival yeah. nonsense and then you've just got savage yeah. stuff where do you know what i mean like that's like assault yeah. and like this and 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 that the stuff like the weird thing with that is is that we talked before about people said the game being claustrophobic and about being kind of dark and stuff and that kind of that like minor chord that you get before it like just yeah. comes in it's if you like if you've got like a, a move that's like a bit comical like it's it kind of doesn't quite have the yeah. same effect but if that happens and then you've got mm. that dark kind of thing and then you're just stamping the guy in the head when yeah. he's on the floor you, you have a split I always have a split second yeah. that's pretty yeah, bad yeah. actually yeah. Like, the internal <laughs> shift is like, actually quite vast it's almost uh, more the, it's the, the, the sound effects or the sort of the music that plays under those blazing moves is almost more Silent Hill like uh, yeah exactly yeah, it is isn't it? it's just a minor chord, a minor chord when it chord. comes yeah, in yeah. and uh, yeah especially when you have a, a blazing move like that of David Banner where he just Bounce his fists relentlessly mm -hmm. while the other characters on the on the ground. It just yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, pretty impactful in that way. Yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, I mean it's pretty violent. I mean a lot like his uh, brother Bruce. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <Yeah. laughs> um, so. The environments in this game are not, for the most part, wrestling rings or boxing rings or any of that. And they're highly interactive. So there's a lot of, um, I guess you yeah. could say, con contextual grabs. So when you push somebody against an object and you grab them again, you'll inflict some uh, horrible pain on them uh, using, yeah. using the environment, using walls uh, and, and doing all sorts of different things. This is also a huge component of this game. Yeah, it felt quite novel at the time. And I mean, it, it, this is far from the first game to do it. I mean, wrestling games did it for years where you could walk to the crowd and get a steel chair, for example. Mm. Pit Fighter did it. Yeah, yeah, Pit, yeah, yeah, Pit Fighter, perfect example of a... Uh, I mean, this game is slightly <laughs> better. Um, <you> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't wish a one credit clear on that. On anyone. Um, yeah. It's not no, going yeah. worry. It's the kind of game you want your money back, um, <laughs> even when it's free. So, yeah, it, it, it did feel really novel when you're playing it that you can kind of um, have someone in the crowd hold them or you can hit mm. them into a pillar or smack them with something that's on the floor or a weapon. Easily my favourite thing about the game when I was playing it because uh, I couldn't think of anything that had necessarily done it this well or maybe this often. Like, there were so many different options Oh, it felt like there were so many different options. Um, yeah. And the only game I can think of in relatively recent time that's even come close to that is the Injustice games, which generally has three per stage, um, all of which are pretty spectacular and instant. But this is obviously something that was doing it, I mean, what, 2013, I believe Injustice was, so nine years earlier, not factoring in dev time, which is pretty impressive and also pretty damning that so few other games seem to do it. Even if you play it now, albeit an aged game, it's probably the thing that's going to surprise people the most, I would hazard a guess at, because uh, it, it does feel genuinely interesting and it can massively swing the sway of a fight yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're good in damaging. And there's some particularly brutal ones, uh, like, for example, the one where you open a car door and you put their, their head uh, in between there and just kick the car door and just, I mean... 
No, nobody's going to survive that. Well, uh, it might take chip damage of him, but, you know, he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. That has been in, in games now, and, uh, you know, the, the stakes have risen so much that, yeah, it's over the top nowadays. So, yeah, I'd just say there'll at least be multiple levels of characters. I'm thinking of, like, something like Dead or Alive right now, that it's, you know, multiple levels of, of play fields that you move from one environment for the other. I was actually quite surprised that you could actually get a ring out in this game in certain scenarios if you actually break down fences yeah. for example which I think there's one stage only that does that it's the, the, the dragon house I use that to my advantage uh, a number of times <laughs> it's like just get them out the ring done the CPU also likes to do that when they really got their mindset on it to, to ring you out it's always satisfying throwing someone into you know a window screen or a you know off a brick wall wherever it may be I really like the fact that this felt more like a wrestling game and, I, and that's something weird for me to say actually but it's it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because you know, grapple moves, and I just they in my head they turn me off right now. I know that's weird, but it it's true. Like I just I just can't see myself wanting to sit down and play a UFC title or a wrestling title. So actually, when I came to this, having to deal with the grapple moves, having to deal with more wrestling style moves. I mean, Christ, you can even in some scenarios you can bounce off the environment back into almost like a clothesline um, effect in this. And, and what well, there is actually one, isn't it? We can actually go off the side and then jump onto people. Um, suplexing so that's that's mm-hmm. kind of cool but I was surprised how much I had to master the uh, don't allow them to grab you kind of feeling which is a grapple move I guess in itself it's like that kind of defense of no you can't get me and not just from I need to block a punch it's no I need to prevent you from grappling me because that's a that's a big move that you can do can take a lot of damage and actually I got really yeah. good at reversals which I found to be like a, a really Mm. you know fun thing to to come from this game which is you know uh, you know anticipating yeah. the attack stepping out the way and then grabbing someone's hand and swinging around for you know some really good damage and reversals do a lot of damage um because it allows you then to open them up and actually just beat yeah. down on them for a, a relatively long period of time and you know they can equally reversal you and it can you know the fight can sway quite dramatically i mean i've, yeah. I've there's a few fights in here that have I mean, I know this is just fighting games, but there is a few fighting uh, scenarios in here where I I really felt I was completely on top and then only to lose the fight in spectacular style because I just couldn't get off a uh, a counter move. And yeah, there, there's some characters in, in this that I do think are overpowered. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I mean, Snoop Dogg towards the end was... It's like, it, it, yeah, he's <laughs> he's clearly been smoking something, one of his, his legendary joints because he is super you know, fast and there's some sticky fingers. And I mean, Red Man for me was, oh God, I kept, you're hitting a brick wall on that so um you know there, there <laughs> yeah. is a difficulty challenge in this and i could i've really felt myself embracing it and changing the way i, you know, I am a normally just a button masher in, in fighting games but you you can't yeah you know, there's a degree you can get away with that but here because it takes so long to get mm. that momentum you really have to think and pl- you know think out you know a few moves ahead of what you want to do and like yeah like i said genuinely surprised how deep the combat was in this and i think the reason this appeals to me and maybe not somebody that is you know super adept with these games is that it reminds me of um i always bring this analogy up because i think it's it's brilliant which is the original gears of war game had you know uh, you played it in multiplayer and it had a set amount of weapons it was like eight weapons and they were the ones on the map and they all were always on the map and that was the set rules and as that series went further down the line it was like more and more and more and more and throw it on to the point where it was like you know 30 weapons on the map and they all did different things and no and i couldn't kind of work out what the hell each one of these was and i love the fact this this has a unique you know just like a set group of moves and they're really choreographed and you can actually learn and if you spend the time in it learn 
what the tells were and because it's not so deep mm. that may be a problem for somebody that is really after a super deep fighting game but for me it was a, a quite a cool introduction fighting game if that makes sense to people that are more experienced yeah. fighting games on the panel well it's it's no no virtual fighter for sure but uh, i did this time playing uh, playing through the game i did realize i never there's more death uh, in this game uh, in its fighting systems than i gave it credit to uh, for before and i think the beauty of it lies within mm-hmm. the aki engine that the it's very approachable you just just by grabbing a controller and pressing buttons you can figure out what is what and uh and and for, you know it's very very pick up and play but you can actually become decent uh, at this game like you said at the reversals and the, the timing of everything there's definitely some strategy to uh, to winning a fight and situational awareness plays a lot into that uh you know where are you in the stage how can you you know how can you use the environment to your advantage the way strikes uh grapples and holds sort of uh you know, form form a rock paper uh scissors uh, sort of triangle there so there's a decent amount of uh, of tactical options there when I worked at uh, GamePro magazine at the, uh, as, a, as a full-time editor, we had a f- couple of matches with the editorial team there. And I spent a ridiculous amount of time uh, with, the, with this game. And although it's so approachable, anybody can play it. Nobody could touch me in this, uh, in this game. I was just like, yeah, just totally steamrolling everybody uh, on the uh, editorial team and just like marching over them. Uh, and... Just by yeah, just being so in tune with its uh, with its systems and with the timings and the, the knowledge of uh, other characters' moves. You live Ben's life for a second there. Uh, another big thing uh, that we haven't uh, touched upon is there's more than just a generic uh, wrestling style in this uh, in this game. It has actually five combinable fighting styles. The the regular characters come preloaded with uh, two or three styles, or some sometimes one style. But you can, throughout the story mode, you can put uh, three styles together. The styles are street fighting, wrestling, kickboxing, martial arts, and submissions. And the first style you pick is sort of like the, the base style. That, that's the dominant one. And then the, the second style changes your moveset a little bit. And the third one adds a few few more. Uh, that's the least uh, dominant one. So, But the, the order in which you pick the styles really... Even if you would pick the same styles, but you would pick them in a different order throughout the game really changes your your character's uh, fighting styles and your uh, and your moves and the martial arts styles which is probably not the recommendable style to pick for uh, for beginners because it has a very finicky way of uh, every style has their own way of their own sort of one method to score a knockout with when your opponent is in the red and the martial arts style requires you to sort of jump off the environment with a flying kick and uh, take opponents that out so and it's it's a style also where your your character is basically a, a glass cannon so uh they uh they're very brittle and they have to their their main uh, main uh strength is uh, a lot of very fast strikes so you just have to play a martial artist as a sort of a pressure character, just keep on striking very fast in a very fast way. Uh, but if you pick the martial arts style as a beginning style, uh, you actually can unlock a lot of sort of hidden fighting styles in the games, like drunken kung fu and yeah, a bunch of other uh, taekwondo and a, a lot of other uh, sort of uh, older martial art uh, disciplines. So the, the the combination of these five styles uh, leads to a lot of different uh, different outcomes. 
Yeah, the thing for me with that as well is the it's way more intricate than you think it'd be mm. as well. Like you look at you look at if you pick like a submission guy, like the the hold it as your target into so if it's like a choke or, or an armbar or whatever, like you have strength in that particular uh, that particular like a uh, limb. And then if that goes all the way down, then that results in a that results kind of in a KO. It's it's the mixture and it's what I said again, like it's that mixture of fighting and uh, pro wrestling. Because there's like pro wrestling style submission holds like kind of the uh, camel clutches and boss and crabs and figure fours and stuff yeah. like that and then there's like mma recognized submissions like triangles and americanas and and uh, and kimuras and stuff like that and i think that that's the bit when when i got to that first bit when i could customize it was the bit when i thought i'm going to end up playing this loads <laughs> especially when i got the second style and thought hang on this is completely yeah. different a street fighter who can wrestle a bit plays completely different to a wrestler who can street fight mm. a little bit it's not just cosmetic or it's not just kind of surface in terms of what your moves look like. As you said there, you you have to develop a very specific play yeah. style to kind of to uh, to complement what your uh, what your kind of fighter ends up doing. And you'll find styles that you'll just stumble on that won't complement what you enjoy doing. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, I get your point with it. anything that's martial arts based as an initial style is incredibly mm. finicky and not a uh, not really if it's your first time it is very tough to get that kind of mechanic down but opening with either a street fighter or a wrestler is all kinds yeah. of fun do you know what i mean it's all kinds of fun and all kinds of violence. street fighter is probably the best beginning uh, style to pick because you can do it easily yeah, knock out with the haymaker that, yeah. with the big punch yeah it's solid you can take a bit as well do you know what i mean you take you you've got kind of a bit of a chin which is yeah. decent without the kind of character customization to this level in terms of the fighting styles this was like all I ever wanted an MMA game to be, mm. and like like every MMA game I'd ever played, I just wanted it to have this level of kind of custom. I wanted like that pro wrestling kind of pick a move in every situation, kind of a. And there's just there isn't games with that, or there weren't games then with that level of a of kind of customization, like per kind of move that dictated the way you had to the way you had to kind of fight. I remember recently, actually, I, I played a, a random kind of throwback to a game that actually does have that, but I ended up playing for the channel. I played uh, Best of the Best International Kickboxing on the SNES. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've watched which that is, one. Yeah, which is like Panzer Kickboxing. That's quite randomly got a thing where you have to, you can pick like every move for every button press. You can dictate what kind of fighter you want to be. You can have like a load of spectacular kicks. Uh, do you know what I mean? And you can completely fight at range. Or you can be a horrible clinch fighter with loads of like leg kicks and, and like a really short kind of liver yeah. shots. And that's a game that I didn't appreciate at the time how kind of forward thinking that was. Mm. And when I came to playing, to when came to playing Def Jam, and this, as soon as I, I got my head around the, the customization of kind of fighting styles, I was just like, this is, this is everything. That's why I kind of, I honestly think that is why I played it so many times. Um, just because I just, yeah. uh, I just couldn't get enough of figuring it out. And like you say, that that thing of when you figure out a random, you just pick three random styles and you get some kind of random, complete random like capoeira style style that you've never even <laughs> seen before. And you're like, how, does, how this happens? Do you yeah. know what I mean? All of a sudden, all of a sudden my 300 pound meathead standing on his head and breakdancing. It's just, it's just magic. Yeah. And you also touch upon the, uh, the, the, the milestones actually, because there's stat building is also a huge ele element of this, uh, of the, the story mode and how you build your character. Just by using development points that you get throughout the fights, you can just sort level up your individual stats. But uh, one stat is not the other stat because there are actual milestones 
indicated by little circles that are filled in above your uh, various stat bars. Each milestone sort of adds 20% uh, to your uh, particular stat bar. Picking certain styles, for example, street fighting or wrestling gives you toughness and, and health uh, as milestones. So even though your stat bar might be as uh, far in as a, a, that of a martial artist, the milestone ensures that you're ranked much better in that, uh, in that aspect. And there are certain hidden uh, conditions throughout the game also by performing certain moves that also, for example, increase your, get you a speed milestone or get you a toughness milestone or get you upper body strength milestone or uh, a lower body milestone, either by unlocking fi- uh, new fighting styles or adding new fighting styles or uh, uh, creating yeah, there's certain like certain uh, hidden conditions like uh, doing a, a number of reversals uh, increases your, your upper stat, uh, upper body stat, stats for example. The thing that also makes Def Jam Fight for New York stand out so much from any other fighting game or wrestler is and this, this is so funny that you guys mentioned Pit Fighter <laughs> because I do feel there's a bit of <laughs> DNA of Pit Fighter in this uh, in this game, you know. So it's it's I feel that the the whole thing comes together as part uh, as a wrestler mixed with this sort of weird style of versus beat 'em up that uh, that Pit Fighter and Taito's Violence Fight and uh, SNK Street Smart sort of introduce, where you have this x-axis uh, plane you can freely move around an environment but it's still sort of like a, a versus fighting game you know this, this weird hybrid yeah i just wanted to ask that anybody find any sort of op techniques in the game i found that uh, kickboxing became a very strong element of my arsenal at one point uh, by with the clinch combos that you can uh, can do so you just uh, do a hard grapple and start kicking the ever-loving crap out of your uh, opponent uh, so i could s- sort of combo uh because if you keep on hitting the kick button and your opponent is not weak enough, they will push you off. But you can combo a clinch combo like three shin kicks uh, into like a wrestling or submission hold, for example. And even better is that the if you hold on uh, to a character that's not in the red yet, you can actually and you have activated your blazing uh, mode. You can uh, do like a three quick successions in the clinch combos and then combo into your blazing move uh, like that when they're in yeah, the red. So that, that's mm-hmm. such a strong technique to use. Anybody else has a sort of strong? Uh... No, you're right. The clinch is so legit. It's kind of a bit broken, really, because like uh, you can tie it into anything. And like you say, it's perfect for chipping people yeah. down. If you've if you've then taken either a wrestling. If you the thing is as well, like if you can chip people down. And you can either finish them with any of the the other styles that you've kind of picked in terms of if you've got like a specific finisher, you can like go straight into like a big wrestling move or something like that. Yeah, it's it's massively overpowered to me. I I, I like started four or five characters, I remember, but like I kept coming back to having a, a kind of kickboxing without being such a <laughs> martial arts hipster as well. It's a bit more Muay Thai than it is yeah, kickboxing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, let, I'll let them off for that. <laughs> the Muay Thai clinch game hasn't been so scary in a video game since UFC Undisputed and Quentin Jackson which was just incredibly frustrating. But yeah, it's it's so OP in this. It's it's absolutely insane. Like it's very western as a fighting game in that grappling and wrestling are incredibly strong whereas a wrestler/grappler can never be the strongest character in something like Street Fighter for example because the market won't allow it. So it's it does kind of lean more heavily on what you'd expect from Western design in terms of if you're into your fighting in where the strengths or the the overpowered sequences come from. 
there were three main versions of this uh, this game: the original Xbox version, the GameCube version, and the PS2 version. I think none of us here has played the PS2 version, or nope, no. Right, so Tony played the GameCube version. I played that back in the days, and the rest of us played the uh, the OG Xbox version, I, guess, I suppose. So the GameCube version, uh, because of the small discs, misses about eight tracks from the uh, track selection. You can only well, pick is not the right word, but there's only one voice for your creative character, as opposed to the I suppose it is five voices or six voices for the creative character in the PS2 and the Xbox version. Are they all equally as annoying? Yeah, they're, they're, none of them are really great. I picked for my last character that I played. I picked uh, the gruff voice, which is uh, suitably <laughs> over the top, so uh, a very very growling, uh, uh, ras- raspy voice. The funny thing is, uh, the GameCube version actually has the highest the f- the frame rate kind of fluctuates in this game right and the the gamecube version has the highest frame rate of the like uh the, the highest registered frame rate of out of the three but it also has the lowest and it fluctuates the most wildly so it's probably the most jarring to play the xbox version is probably the best one in that uh that regard uh, but the I think the PS2 version, the PS2 was probably the lead platform that the game was being developed for because it has the best post effects um, Mm. and blooming lighting effects to smoothen over the rough edges of the game. Uh, Maybe a little bit more so than the uh, than the Xbox version. When I watched some uh, some comparisons, there was a PSP release uh, which was released two years after the big console version. I'll let uh, Simon Sloth from the forum uh, speak a little bit about that again. So Simon says, The PSP release, according to multiple sources, actually contains the lion's share of the original game's content, plus a few extra. It's actually quite remarkable how good it is. The takeover campaign is very impressive, in which you take your character through a hip-hop soap opera story, complete with love, loss and betrayal, which isn't going to win any awards, but was quite compelling. To make another comparison with wrestling, it's similar in quality and arc to a WWE storyline of that era. To be able to carry this around in my pocket to play on the PSP is quite astonishing, and in terms of sheer content crammed onto the UMD, is only surpassed by the PSP Grand Theft Auto games. Somehow, the ability to consume the game in bite-sized chunks offsets all the minor annoyances I had with the home console version, and I would recommend it to anyone with even a passing interest in fighting games or the Yux WWE Smackdown series. Actually... What Simon doesn't mention is that the storyline, the story mode in this game actually is quite different from the one in the console version. So it's, a, it's actually a prequel to uh, Def Jam Vendetta. And then uh, there was a sequel, la- a much later released uh, sequel in 2007. Well, it was only one year after the PSP uh, version, actually. Def Jam Icon, uh, which totally did away with the uh, Aki engine and became something else completely. And is not nearly as well-loved as uh, Def Jam Fight for New York is. Yeah, supposedly the system is more like that of the mm. uh, Fight Night boxing games. There is this sort of surreal sort of environment transformation in tune with uh, the beats, uh, uh, you know, the music and the uh, actual beatings going on on, uh, on screen. I've never played it because it didn't have uh, the Aki engine and yeah, it looked like they sort of did away with everything that was great about uh, Fight for New York. But doing research for the show, I've now (laughs) become a little bit more curious about this game, actually. I mean, how bad can it really be, right? You know, this game is probably really up for grabs nowadays, so I might just uh, track down a copy just for, uh, for, for curio value more than anything. 
obviously music culture doesn't disappear at all but you know we're a number of years down the line and it's kind of the the whole genre has kind of got a little bit mixed of you know artists and and whatnot so i think maybe it was a step up of a new platform except but it it, it just the middling reviews it, it just it didn't jump out but i am interested i mean i've enjoyed my time with uh death in new york quite a bit so yeah it could be well worth just a, a curio kind of jump on give it a go and, and just see how it plays now and you know it probably looks fairly reasonable I'm fascinated to see how the story mode pans out because, you know. <laughs> right, so um, there's still a little bit of a playing scene around Def Jam Fight for New York and there are actual tournaments uh, being held every now and then. And one high-profile tournament that you can find that you can find in its entirety on YouTube was a side tournament at a high-profile fighting game community FGC uh, event called CEO in 2016. Yeah, there's actually tournament footage uh, out there and it's quite interesting to watch. You don't, you're not going to see any amazing feats, or in there, like, uh, feats in there like you see in uh, a traditional one-on-one fighter. If you know a little bit about the game, you can see just how much knowledge the players have of the characters and their strengths and weaknesses that that really shines through so yeah no crazy uh controller uh dexterity or anything like that but just uh yeah you can see that these are above average players that uh that uh, are having a go at each other with this game so i'll, I'll i would uh, recommend checking that out if you're interested in this in this game then finally this year it's uh like we often say it's almost like we plan these things a sequel, Def Jam, actually, the, the official Twitter account teased a sequel to Def Jam Fight for New York. Uh, they sent out a tweet on August 1st, uh, not too long ago, uh, where um, they basically put up an image. Uh, which one do you want to see next? Def Jam Fight for ATL, Def Jam Fight for LA, Def Jam Fight for Chi, Chicago, and Def Jam Fight for... MIA, I guess that's Miami, and it said just a simple thing: pick a city. So you know, there's something, there's something brewing here. It's gonna be interesting to see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It'd be quite nice because who who wouldn't want to uh, punch Justin Bieber and Kanye West? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's a that's the thing. What I find find interesting, as ridiculous as that Def Jam fight for New York is, it's very hard. To picture it with today's, uh, uh, you know, today's popular hip hop scene uh, in there, because a lot of these guys on the the roster of Dead Jam Fight for New York, uh, guys like Ghostface, Killer, and uh, Redman, you know, they've allegedly allegedly uh, actually been known to uh, start brawls with uh, with fellow rappers in the scene that they had some um, some uh, cha- differences of opinion with. You know, today today's rap landscape is uh, is largely quite a bit different. With uh, a lot of uh, rappers just uh, yeah being very skinny guys that rap about substance abuse a lot. So it's mm. it's it's hard for me to picture. So finally, Mechner from the forum uh, writes: I remember picking this up on release, having absolutely no expectations, only to be surprised by the interesting fighting mechanics in the game. It plays unlike any other fighting game I've ever played. It has touches of the usual fare: Tekken, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, mixed in with a heavier dose of wrestling games in the WWE series. This comes together in a strange way, making it hard to learn, but a very rewarding fighting game, a very rewarding fighting system once you master it. The story was fairly over the top in an urban street thug kind of way, but I did enjoy it overall. It just reminds me of a slightly watered down Need for Speed Underground 2 for fighters instead of drivers. 
The customization with the clothing options was quite deep and over the top as well, and I vaguely remember it affecting your character in-game, like getting a higher respect level in the, in the game or something. I haven't played it since I finished it all those years ago, but I would be interested to see how it holds up. I have a strange suspicion it won't hold up too well. Yeah, sort of echoing a lot of what we've been saying before, right? But in, uh, in contrast to that, I think the game does hold up fairly well because it's so unique and it hasn't really been uh, followed up ever since. So on to the three-word reviews. You can actually submit your own three-word reviews on the days of recording of our podcast by uh, typing in three words in, on Twitter and uh, hashtagging it with CRTWR. Also, preferably, I guess, tagging the official Kenny Rinse Twitter account in there. We got only two for this game. The Tiege goes with Urban Dogfight. Uh, Camille Rosu says highly specialized soundtrack. Right. So in summary, Tony, let's start with you. Has it, I suppose, you know, my take was, has it held up, you know, after 14 years? And do you know what? There is a lot of fun to be had here. It reminded me of um, when I went back and played uh, 1080 Avalanche on the GameCube, no less. Wasn't mm. expecting much, kind of would f- felt like it would, the selling point probably would have been, you know, been passed by, you know, bigger, better, greater experiences thereafter. And I actually found myself really getting into it, kind of not mastering it, but you know, playing many, many hours of it all the way through to completion, which actually takes a, a fair number of uh, hours to do, and finding a lot of enjoyment there. I think, you know, it has problems for a modern gamer, for sure. Um, most of that, you know, sits around the story mode, being completely bonkers and probably <laughs> relatively insensitive by modern standards. But, you know, I, I'll excuse that from, you know, it is a, a, a creation of the time and of, um, you know, an era of rappers as well. So, but there's there's a really decent fighting engine in here that I'm surprised that is. Like, it doesn't feel like the... the and obviously the game got picked for a reason. You know, Mikael picked the re- picked the game and he, he you know, he, he fought his corner for it to be included in this run of, of um, th- this season. And... You know, it's not something that naturally probably would have, you know, pergolated to the top of the list. So I was really curious to see what made this, you know, shine for him. And actually, I think it's it's a testament that there is actually a really good game here. Um, and it still stands up 14 years down the line. And I think, you know, it still looks reasonably good. It certainly plays a hell of a lot of fun. And yeah, I you know, I find myself at the end of it really recommending it and, and saying that, you know, we've talked a lot about it and there is a lot more kind of system level mechanics that we haven't talked about. So for me, it, it actually gets surprisingly gets a thumbs up even from somebody that isn't necessarily into both the fighting genre and necessarily the, the music which it represents. So, um, yeah, it's a pleasant surprise, I have to say. Wonderful. Carl? Yeah, it, it's strange because it's not necessarily a game that I would have picked for the podcast, but I think it's the kind of game that it's actually it reviewed really well, but you don't hear a lot of talk or a lot of clamour for a new one. And obviously, he seeing uh, August 1st tweet from Death Jam was kind of <laughs> one of those things where it, it's like, uh, of all the things, really, like the, um, the, the amount of times things tie in with what we're doing is incredible. I think it's the kind of game that came out at the right time. You know, Ben mentioned earlier that everything aligned for it. Whether or not this kind of game, because let's not forget this was a full retail price, thirty nine ninety nine or you know forty four ninety nine game. 
Could they release a new one at that price? Probably not. It would be arcade, and uh, there's a. I still call it arcade. I mean, a digital release on on Xbox One and PS4, etc. And how many of those games tend to succeed now? I don't know. Not. It doesn't seem that there's that many success stories. Um, certainly not in this genre. Playing the old one, I'm kind of. I've loved talking about it because I've relived a lot of happy memories that I didn't necessarily or haven't necessarily recalled in those 14 years. At the same time, don't think I need a new one, nor would I necessarily recommend going back to the old one. I'm kind of in a a really strange position of where I sit on it because I admire a lot of the things that it's done, but if I'm going to recommend a 3D brawler, then I'm sorry, I'm always going to recommend Virtual Fighter. It's just the best one. Um, If I'm going to recommend something that has environment interaction, then it's going to be the Injustice games. It's a really strange one because... It is a fun game and it's been a brilliant one to talk about on the podcast because it sits that wonderful gap where it wasn't hated. It was actually actually reviewed really well, but it's never necessarily been recalled. You know, you don't see a lot of things or a lot of clamouring for the, the history of Def Jam, like um, in a video game sense, of course, you certainly do in music, um, that you do with so many other games from that era or earlier and it, it, i just think it's a really strange one i don't necessarily know if i would recommend it even though there is a good game there that is still pretty good now now i was going to say to that point actually you know watching some youtube videos um of you know people playing this you know a fairly high level and they, you know they there's a lot of views on 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 these videos and there is countless people on the site you know talking about their memories of it and how they you know how they what always makes me laugh is how they want this remade and i'm like yes that's how the industry right works all this licensed music in this game you are never getting a remake yeah it's and, and, and i think that's disaster. part of the problem right it's it's never going to find itself on a best of compilation it's never going to find itself released as a you know redone version it's it's never going to find itself put on a store anywhere because it's tied up with with licensed music and and, and licensed characters and that's just it so yeah. it, it doesn't have the opportunity but if yeah, we get a new one, though, that that's it. It, it it's uh, maybe it's best that it was never a digital release because that's always the problem with this music. Uh, the fact that it's actually so accessible or readily available on old formats is kind of a cool thing if you've got the consoles or the ability to play it lined up, mm. um, or or you know emulation. Um, but you know that that's kind of a cool thing and it's great to see that there's videos of people still playing it i mean let's be honest there's probably more people still playing this game than playing marvel versus capcom infinite so that's (laughs) that's something that's held up relatively well um so yeah yeah i mean it's 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 if you're kind of into the music and you want to try a different fighting game that isn't a tekken a virtual fighter or a street fighter or marvel you know all these classic ones then yeah, there probably is something there for you. And just for the sake of continuity across our whole series of podcasts, Dark Souls. So um, there's your reference. Ding, it's made it into this podcast. So as for my take, Def Jam Fight for New York might just be the most artistic video game ever <laughs> released. It has uh, people on it that worked on uh, one of the uh, other most uh, renowned artistic uh, art game uh, Shadow of the Colossus, the remake of it. And it has the most artists in it, right? It's uh, just like, f- it's bursting at the seams with artists. Yeah, for, and, and now, and now uh, I'll, uh, I'll just uh, try and be serious. Def Jam Fight for New York is uh, kind of like a comfort food game for me. You know, there are games that are much better that I have sp- spent way less time with. It's, but there's just uh, something so really comforting to 
get into that fighting system, get momentum going in matches, build your character, customize it to know, and do it all over again with a wild, wildly different character with uh, different fighting styles. And yeah, just the, the whole unique atmosphere that this, uh, that this game has. Um, so many warm and fuzzy memories, uh, so many good times. And as I've been playing through the game again for the past week or so, it still has uh, has its pull on me, and I still very highly uh, highly enjoyed it. So, yeah, if you've never played it, give it a try, like Tony, and you might just be surprised. Ben, we're all potentially violent when it comes down to things. You'd like to think that you're not, but there's plenty of situations that could happen that leave you without any other choice, and that's why this works in a lot of respects. It's fairly predictable. It's even a bit archaic in places, but it's fun, right? It's violent, brutal fun. And if you're honestly telling me that you don't enjoy driving Sean Paul headfirst through a strobe light with a DDT, well, you're not just lying to me. More importantly, you're lying to yourself. Thanks so much. So then it's all up to me, Michiel, to thank Tony, Carl and Ben. And of course, you for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, or best of all, subscribe to us on Patreon via patreon.com slash and get every Kane and Rinse podcast one week earlier and on a bridge as well as an exclusive monthly cast. So next time in issue 338, a ninja theory might just be finally put into practice in Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Come and take a walk with me I need all of y'all to come and take a walk with me I need for all of y'all to feel what I'm going through and see what I see. If you got time and take a walk with me, wait a minute.